your Locked On Blues, your daily podcast on the St. Louis Blues. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to the Locked On Blues Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network and your number one source for daily blues content. I'm Josh Heim. And I'm Thomas Welch. And we got a fun episode for you guys today. Uh, Blues coming off a win this weekend. Uh, some good good spirits, good things to talk about there. But a lot of tough games coming up. Two against Tampa, two against Florida. Uh, so we're going to be sort of taking a, a broad approach to today's episode, talking about Marco Scandella, talking about the coaching, uh, the youth movement of this team that we've been talking about all year and more. But first, we want to thank anyone out there who is making us their first listen. We like making these short bite-sized episodes. That way you wake up, morning commute to work, morning morning cup of coffee. You can throw on the episode, listen to anything you might have missed. So thanks to anyone for that. But before we get started, Tommy, I haven't talked to you in a little bit. How was your Thanksgiving? I got to see the fam a little bit, hang out with them, you know, uh, hang out with the girlfriend too. So it's always fun. But uh, I feel like anytime, like getting together with family and stuff like this is like in the middle of a pandemic, like... It, there's a lot to be thankful for, you know, so I'm just blessed that I have a fantastic family and girlfriend and like people around me that are very supportive because in times like this, like you never really know, like people are stressed out. People are dealing with depression, like seasonal depression and depression, seasonal depression is happening now too. So it's like a whole cluster mess of uh, things hitting people at once. So it's, it's always nice to uh, lean on the people that are closest to you and so that, so for that, I'm very thankful as well as pumpkin pie. Oh my God. <laughs> I ate my weight in pumpkin pie, bro. Yeah. I definitely agree that like, especially like from my perspective, you know, uh, in school, the beginning of the school year to Thanksgiving is sort of the, the longest uninterrupted streak you have. Um, and I think that's just sort of true. Like, you know, you don't really have any big events. It's the fall you're getting sort of kickstarted on. I know you just started a new job. So I think a lot of people sort of uh, it's pretty easy to fall into the same routine every single day and it gets a little stale, gets a little boring. Uh, so it was definitely nice to go home, have a refresher, get back into things. Um, had a good time for sure. But now back into the grind. Uh, it's a lot of tough hockey games coming up for the St. Louis Blues. And Craig Ruby looks like he might be starting things off uh, with a pretty assertive move, potentially healthy scratching Marco Scandella. Uh, in tomorrow's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Marco Scandella has become the Zach Sanford of the team this year. Um, sort of whenever there's, a, whenever there's a tough game, whenever the Blues are struggling a little bit, especially on defense, pink fingers get pointed at Marco Scandella. Obviously, he is underperforming this year. I don't think he def- needs to take all the blame, but definitely a disappointment for him. What have you seen out of him, Tommy? Do you think he deserves the healthy scratch, and do you think that he might he could ever rebound this season. There's a lot of things to address here, right? And the first thing is that uh, we were right, <laughs> and that it, Scandella could potentially be a problem. If you listen to the episodes in the off season, uh, we talked about his Corsi. Uh, so potentially in the years before he was with the Blues, because he had that little like stint with Pareko when he came in. We won like ten games in a row, and we were like, oh my god, like Scandella's the Messiah, like we can't lose with him on our team, like all these things. Right. And, um, and he kind of came back to earth after that, but in the years before that and the teams before that, he's kind of hovered around like 40% Corsi. And we said, uh, last season with the blues, he was like upper thirties, which is just not great at all for a defenseman. Uh, I haven't looked at his Corsi numbers this year, but I imagine they're around the same number, but here's the thing. And something that Jeremy Rutherford has talked about too, uh, and Luke Korak, I believe, 
is that Scandella should not be like a top pairing defenseman. Like he should not be your one and two guy with Pareko. Like he's just not, he's just not that player. And like, that's not a knock on him because like uh, guys have different levels of talents, right? And there's like different levels of draft picks and like everyone has their role. And so he's like eating up minutes and it's just evident that he, that's not the role that he should be playing. Like, yeah, it's easy to say like, oh, he's the problem. Like he's being isolated. Like guys are beating him like a rented mule, but like we're kind of putting him in that position to fail, right? Because if it keeps happening, you need to move him down the line. And I think, I don't know if that's the reason that Craig Berube is healthy bombing him, but when you've got a guy come in like Mikula, who's just been, in my opinion, tearing it up and had uh, put together a great string of games, and you've got Perunovic coming up too, who has, who has all the potential in the world. It's just kind of hard. Like, Falk has to play. Krug has to play. Pareko has to play. Like, it's hard to find a spot for a guy like that when he's uh, kind of struggling to figure out how things are going to go and uh, where he fits in, in the pairing. So, I, maybe it'll help him to kind of view the game from above and, like, I guess slow it down and see, like, where he could be potentially making mistakes. But, like I said, the years before he was with the Blues, I think Scandella looked a lot better than he is right now. So, it's not to say that, uh, the jury's out. We should trade him right now. Like this guy's garbage, get him out of town. But uh, I think we were talking before the podcast started, like if one of these dominoes is going to fall and the blues start losing games and everyone's looking for an answer to why uh, and how we can get better. I think everyone's going to be looking at him, including Doug Armstrong. Yeah. I think, I think you kind of made some good points there. I, I do think part of it is he's maybe being asked to play a little bit above his role. And that's gonna be difficult for anyone. That's gonna make anyone look like a worse player than they are. Um, but at the the other side, I do think that it, it hasn't just been you know he's out of his element. I think there have been times when he's made some real serious you know lacks of judgment with the puck, um, getting burned by guys that you know aren't their biggest trait isn't burning defensemen. Um, you know, out of position, getting letting guys go to the front the front of the net. It's it's sometimes it's like he'll go up against Nathan McKinnon and Nathan McKinnon will, you know, blow by him. And you're like, all right, what can you expect? That's Marco Scandella. But other times it's just he's, you know, he's taking the same guy that the forward's taking in the corner, guys wide open in the slot. So I think it's 50-50. Um, but that could be a mental thing. That could be him facing a lot of pressure, you know, playing up on the top pairing, playing on the second pairing. Um, and just putting a lot of pressure on himself and sort of overthinking the game a little too much. So it could you could be right that you know a, a game up in the press box might might humble him a little bit in the sense that he he doesn't he might stop thinking that he needs to do more than he's capable of and get back to his game, maybe come back in slot on the third pairing or whatever it may be. Because I think the abilities there with Scandella, we saw it uh, when he came in, and like you said, we saw it with um, the other teams that he's played with in the past it might just be that he is out of his element this season and that just makes it you know tough on anyone you grip the stick a little tighter you second guess your gut and you know with with a game as fast as hockey your gut decision is not only you know correct most of the time if you don't go with your gut decision it's already too late um so if it is a mental thing if it is just like a decision making thing for scandela and he still has the potential uh to fit into this team and maybe a lesser role than he's been asked to play early in the season I think a, a healthy scratch could do wonders for that. Uh, we've seen it a lot in the past. Greg Ruby isn't afraid to play guys on lower lines or even scratch guys, even if their contract is big, even if they've got a notorious name. If they're not playing up to his standards, he'll he'll punish you accordingly. And it's been a very it's done a very good job of motivating guys in the past. Um, yep, Mike Hoffman last season, completely different player. After you know, Ruby told him, "Hey, I know you're Mike Hoffman. I know you score a lot of goals. I know you. We brought you in here to score goals, but we're playing you on the fourth line, or we're not playing you at all until you get it figured out." And he did. 
Um, not to say that, you know, that's necessarily going to happen for Scandella because the Blues do have a fortunate safety net of guys like Mikola and Perunovic that have, I think, impressed this season for sure. But it's definitely a possibility. I don't think, you know, Scandella looks slow or anything like that, like worn out, you know, doesn't look like he's just past his prime. It definitely seems like it's it's more of a decision-making thing and maybe a little bit of a confidence thing. So I don't think all hope is lost. But I do agree that if dominoes start to fall and, you know, the Blues, who are hovering right around 500, go on a little bit of a losing streak, all of a sudden find themselves outside of a playoff spot. If there is a domino to fall, um, I wouldn't be surprised uh, if it's Marco Scandella. That being said, these next four games are going to be a huge test for the Blues. And it's it's interesting to see or to, to sort of look at the, the next four games because, you know, two of the best teams in the league four games in a row it's going to be a huge test um but if you guys want to check those games out or any other sport tv show you might want to record get all your tv together in one place with direct tv stream now tell me does this sound familiar you've got one device that lets you catch the game another that streams your favorite tv shows you're watching sports highlights on your phone you got your laptop set up with another game going on it's a mess your electricity bill's going through the roof and you can't you just can't keep track of everything. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before. So you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part is there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion. Get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required and content varies by package. Now, when we come back, we're going to be talking about the youth movement of the St. Louis Blues and the dependable nature of Robert Thomas and Ryan, or not Ryan O'Reilly, Jordan Cairo. Ryan O'Reilly is always dependable, but anyways... Uh, something else that is super dependable, especially whenever you need a snack, is a Built Bar. It is the best Monday of the year, Cyber Monday, and Built.com is the one place to aim your mouse. Get at least 20% off everything delicious and healthy. That's 20% off site-wide and even bigger discounts at Built Boost, Broth, and Built Swag. A brand new Built flavor has launched just in time for Cyber Monday, Caramel Almond Delight, and it delivers everything it promised. Caramelized chocolate, check. Almonds, check. Delightful, double check. Be sure to get yours today before they're gone getting 150 grams of protein and or 150 calories and 17 grams of protein and this season maybe you're craving white chocolate i know i am it's like my favorite flavor of coffee whenever they release it at starbucks during the winter for a limited time you can get yourself a new built bar puff flavor white chocolate cheesecake the yummy protein treat filled with a marshmallow center covered in white chocolate get the built.com for these incredible tasting new bars and 20 percent off everything built.com use promo code lock 20 before it's too late all right tommy uh, I know we were thinking about talking about Craig Berube uh, and the youth movement as well. I think we can sort of tie them together uh, because as much as Craig Berube has caught flack uh, for sort of sticking to his his defensive style of play and being almost a little bit stubborn with it, I think it's hard to argue that he's necessarily doing that this season too much uh, with the emergence of Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo, who don't fit, fit into the mold that Craig Berube loves quite so easily as guys like Ryan O'Reilly and David Perron. Yet you look at the stats, you look at the leaders for the St. Louis Blues and pretty much every single major category, goals, assists, points, face-off percentage, Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo find themselves right at or right near the top. Do you think that Craig Bruby has given them a little bit more freedom this year or do you still think that he's restricting their play being more skill speed-based? I don't think he's restricting their play, I think. When I was doing my solo episode, I kind of... So we talk about the Blues being like a physical, grinded out like style 
of team, right? And that's like how Craig Berube won the Stanley Cup. But I think the reason that they were like that is because they had a lot of players who that was kind of their archetype and how they played hockey anyway. So when you throw those guys into the mix, uh, it just suits them well, right? And now we've got more speed-based guys. But I think the overlap here, I guess the Venn diagram here uh, for a physical team and a speed-based team with skill, I guess, which is the one that we're kind of currently in and more catered to is speed and skill as opposed to physicality. But uh, that middle portion of the Venn diagram there is possession, right? And I think that is really uh, the system that Craig Berube drives home and like the foundation of it, regardless of uh, whether you're skill and talented or whether you're going physical and grind it out. So I don't think it's as uh, much of a coaching problem as a lot of people make it out to be because I think the system works. Like I haven't really seen a game where the blues ran their system to like a full, full throttle hundred percent and did it well for a full 60 minutes and they lost. Right. Like there's been games where they wavered and there's been games where they didn't have a good first period or they didn't have two, uh, or they had two bad, like a second and a third, both bad. And they ended up losing a game. Like, I don't think uh, there hasn't really been a game where I'm just like, wow, we like got outworked and like we played our best and we still lost like that sucked. But I, I think a lot of it falls on the players, but I think, like I said, when the team's system is working at its best, uh, it's, it's going to work against anybody, especially with the guys that we have on this roster. So if the system is working, I think you keep the head coach in place. And I don't think uh, he should be in the scapegoat category that everyone is putting him in. And two of the reasons for that and the reasons why that this system works so well, even though they don't have as many physical guys and they do have more speed and skill guys is because Robert Thomas and Jordan Kyron. Um, I think they've talked about Craig Berube before and like giving these young guys like the freedom to like establish their confidence and find themselves and find their footing uh, in the NHL and at the, at the big level of play. And I think Craig Berube's done a good job of that, even though there's times when uh, kind of pound my fist on the table that Jordan Cairo fumbles a puck uh, and, because he tries to make a guy miss and it starts going the other way. There's also times where Jordan Cairo beats three guys, toe drags and snipes at top titties. And I'm like, Oh my God, that would have never happened under Mike Yo. So I think the dichotomy of that is like, it's a balance, right? And like you're going to have turnovers in a game and that's just the nature of the beast and your defense needs to step up and help support those guys. But at the same time, like you got to give them the freedom to breathe. And I think Craig Ruby is doing that. And one of the topics that we were going to talk about, Josh is uh, the trajectory of both of these guys, because we were talking about Robert Thomas and Ryan O'Reilly. Cause at the beginning of the season, there was an article that came out uh, that said at the exit interviews with Doug Armstrong, uh, Robert Thomas sat down and basically in the words of uh, Doug Armstrong in the article, I'm going to put it in quotations, demanded more ice time. I don't, that doesn't really sound like a Robert Thomas thing to do, but I think basically what they said was uh, he said, if he plays better, he expects to play more and move up uh, in lines. Like he doesn't want to be stuck on the third line forever, even though Ryan O'Reilly and Braden Chen are here, which I don't blame him. Like if he's playing good hockey, should merit more ice time. Uh, and the front office's answer to him was absolutely like that is something we look forward to doing, but you're going to have to earn that ice time. And I think by every stretch of the imagination, he has done that so far this year. And uh, tomorrow's lineup against 
The Tampa Bay Lightning is indicative of that because he is the second line center, even with Braden Shen back. Braden Shen is the first line wing, which if they like Braden Shen at center more than Robert Thomas currently, as of right now, I think they would have switched that up and put Robert Thomas on the wing. So I think that speaks dividends to uh, the team's evaluation of Robert Thomas's play so far this season and like his opinion in that conversation that we had. So that's kind of my question here is like, at what point does Robert Thomas surpass Ryan O'Reilly and how close are we to seeing that on the horizon? Cause I don't know if it's going to be this year, but Ryan O'Reilly also has 10 points on the season and Robert Thomas is fifth in the league in assists. So it could be this year. I don't think it will be because Ryan O'Reilly is a stud superstar, right? But I'm just saying it's something to look out for, for sure. While you were talking, I kind of got uh, another idea that we haven't, or another sort of topic we haven't talked about a whole lot on on this podcast at all this season. I think we should do justice, and I'm going to sort of lead into it a little poetically. One thing I think the biggest issue for the St. Louis Blues this year has been consistency. Um, we've seen them, you know, at nights where they look like they could beat any team in the NHL, and then we've seen them on nights where they look like they don't even belong in the same league as the one-win Arizona Coyotes. Um and it's just been very, very inconsistent. There has been uh, there have been a couple players that have been extremely consistent, and one of them, probably the most consistent, has been Jordan Cairo. It's there have been certain games that I've missed, like uh, I missed the ending of the last game because, or the beginning of the last game because I was uh, traveling. And it, whenever I miss those games, whenever I'm sort of following along on my phone, it's almost become an expectation to see Jordan Cairo in the goal or the primary assist slot. It's it's like clockwork. Every single game, he's getting goals, he's getting assists, and then Robert Thomas. Uh, I'm tweeting out that that gif of him collecting a- or that picture of him collecting apples. I'm expecting to tweet that out once a game for the rest of the season. Mans is everywhere, dishing pucks around. I would honestly even argue that more consistent than both of those, and less I, I, appreciated because. Please say who, who I was going to say. I less appreciated because of the stat lines that he puts up, but should be more appreciated because of the role he plays on this team is Ivan Barbashev. Oh, uh, nope. Not, not who I was going to say. Really? But, yeah, really. Barbie um, has played out of his mind this entire season. I don't think he's wavered in a single game. Like, as sexy as Robert Thomas and Jordan Cairo are, as sexy as they are, and, like, all the highlights that they put together, there are games where they kind of take a step down, right? Or there are there are times when Jordan Cairo turns the puck over and you're like, you'd like to see that puck get in deep. Or, like, Robert Thomas makes a play, uh, like, the – that one goal that was him just skating over the puck and mishandled it. And then it starts going the other way and they score off of it. Like I don't, I can't, I can't think of a time off the top of my head where I was like, Barbie, what are you doing? Like, you know? Yeah. And I think that's just, that's just, he's a pillar of consistency on this team. And I think that's a big reason why um, Oscar Sundquist is so appreciated. Like we haven't seen a lot from him this season because he's been hurt for most of it. But I think both of those guys are, are the tone setters for this team. Still haven't mentioned the one guy that I think is maybe even more underappreciated. Maybe not by the, the by the consensus, but probably by us, considering how little we've talked about him um, this this season. He's gotten his name thrown around a little bit, but I think that today's episode, we really got to dive in and, and appreciate him in full. But if, I'm not going to reveal that until after this break. Um, I know, I know. But if you want to bet on who it might be, I don't think Bet Online has a prop for that. But if you want to bet on anything else your heart desires, you got to check on Bet Online. AG. Bet Online has you covered this season for more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new mobile 
uh, updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code locked on to receive your bonus from basketball, football, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts and don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. All right, Tommy. I know you're dying to know who I've been hyping up for the last five minutes. Um, I am actually genuinely curious. Yeah, man. yeah. So there's one guy uh, came in this off season. Uh, might be spoiled a little bit. Uh, big expectations on his shoulders. Um, and not only did the stats back it up, but the advanced stats beast. You know, the advanced stats will show that he is, you know, at least based on advanced stats, the best forward on our team in terms of driving offense, the most consistent forward on our team in terms of driving offense. And these last few games, we've seen the goal scoring come with it. And that is Pavel Buchnevich. He has been an absolute monster for the St. Louis Blues this season. Captain consistency, you know, besides the first few games after coming back from his suspension, it seems like every single game since then, he has been rolling, creating scoring chances for himself and his teammates, his line mates. Um, He scored, you know, the opening goal for the Blues in like three of their last four games or something like that. He seems like he's always can be relied on and putting the puck in the net, whatever the Blues need a big goal. Um, he's been huge for the Blues this season. And one storyline I think um, is interesting that I'm sort of going to bring up here at the 21-minute mark, definitely not too late for this, is there was some speculation in an athletic article recently that the emergence of Pavel Buchnevich may have uh, uh, increased the desire of Vladimir Tarasenko to stick around with the St. Louis Blues, as we know, uh, loves those Russian connections. And I think we've seen that. I can't help but notice the big smile on Tarasenko's face every time Buch pops a goal uh, or vice versa. So what do you think Pavel Buchnevich has brought to this team? And do you think uh, he, he truly is one of the best forwards that we've got? That's a good point, honestly, Josh. And I think we haven't talked about him. Shame we haven't on talked us. about him. And I think the thing is, is because like the new recruits, you kind of, I feel like we've drilled in our heads so long, like with this off season and with Justin Falk and Tori Krug and all these guys coming in, like, we're like, just don't like read in anything like too soon because you don't know what's going to happen. Like, a year from now, they could look like a completely different player, right? So it's like, we don't want to, like, make decisions about them too soon because we want to give them the time to, like, settle into the system and, like, figure things out. Booch looks like he has it figured out already. And another token thing that we didn't talk about is always love those players uh, that can get the crowd reaction and do, like, the... Like, you know when we had Brian Elliott and it was, like, the moose? Like, now we have Boosh and Huso that we can do it both for. So uh, that's always a lot more fun for the fan engagement side. But uh, Buchnevich has seemed like he formed a connection with Jordan Cairo. Seemed like he formed a connection with Ivan Barbashev and Tarasenko. And like you said, if he <laughs> if he helps Tarasenko stick around uh, with the way that Tarasenko's been playing, that's just another added factor. But uh, I think they talked about after the Blue Jackets game, they talked about uh, like the Russian connection uh, in the post-game conference, and uh, they were talking about <laughs> potentially teaching Robert Thomas some words. And uh, I, I don't think they taught him the right ones, or maybe some family-friendly ones. But I, I think they <laughs> said I, I think they said they'd get around to it. So uh, anytime you got like the connection of guys like that, that are just embedded within uh, the identity of themselves, it's deeper than being a hockey player. It's, it's being a person, right? And we've seen Vladimir Tarasenko hang out with Russians basically his entire time that he's been here. So now to have him on the same line uh, with very talented Russians is a beautiful thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously that's that's a big hypothetical. You know, 
if if Buchnevich leads to Tarasenko sticking around. But can you imagine the 4D chess played by the Blues if if they're like, okay, not only are we going to bring in an immensely talented 26-year-old forward who is going to drive offense better than anyone else on our team at times, we're also going to have him, you know, convince our one of our franchise cornerstones, hey, no, you, you don't want to leave. Come hang out with me. Come play on my line, and we'll terrorize opposing goaltenders with our, our combined shot speed of 200 miles per hour on the snapshot. It, it's It's been so fun to watch, and it truly seems like Vladimir Tarasenko is having an amazing time out there. Um, and, you know, I think that's just because of how much passion Booch plays with. We've seen it, you know, see him kind of lose control of that passion at times with the headbutt early on, and I think he's had a couple other instances where he's gotten himself the penalty minutes he didn't necessarily deserve, and you know, maybe, yeah, you could say, man, that's that's a little frustrating, but 99% of the time he's fueling that passion into something good, and it, you could tell it inspires his teammates. I think, you know, not just his skill makes his teammates better, just the way he approaches the game, the way that every single time he's on the ice, he is, you know, treating it like it's Game 7 in the Stanley Cup Final, whether they're up 5-0 in the third period, down 5-0 in the third period. Pavel Buchnevich is always skating full steam ahead. And it's, it's impossible not to feed off of that. You know, if you're thinking about coasting or phoning it in a shift and then you see Booch coming back to the bench, sucking wind and, you know, dry heaving or whatever, uh, late in the third, you're kind of like, okay, yeah, you know what? Never mind. If he can do it, so can I. I, I think he's been sort of the, the engine that has run the St. Louis Blues this year in terms of keeping them motivated and keeping them on top of their game. Well, and here's another thing to think about. What did he sign for? A five-year contract? Yep. So he's going to, if you're talking about the next core with Jordan Cairo and Robert Thomas, he's going to be a part of that too. So to have them already establishing chemistry together is a great, is a great thing for the future of the St. Louis Blues. But um, <clears throat> even when we acquired Buchnevich, and obviously in hindsight, it's easy to say we won the trade now because Sammy Blaze hurt, which obviously rest up to him and hope nothing for the best. But even before that, Rangers fans were very upset because, like you said, looking at the advanced metrics, Buchnevich is one of those guys that should warrant like a first-round pick in the Blues. Didn't have to give that up, but uh, he's everything you read about when you talk about a two-way player. I mean, he's great on the on the penalty kill. He looks great everywhere on the ice. He brings offense. He brings defense. And like you said, he brings passion. So uh, I couldn't think of a better piece to bring in. And I, I'm sure they had this in the back of their mind too. And if you're trying to get younger and bring in a guy that's 26 years old, I, I can't think of a much better player, especially at that price, uh, to to bring in and surround yourself with younger talent and learn the game from him. Uh, that's going to be really exciting to see. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Lots to be excited about uh, from the Russian connection and more. Going to need a lot out of them and the rest of the St. Louis Blues the next four games against the tough, tough Florida opponents. And we're going to have that all covered for you here. Tampa Bay is kind of beaten up. They're missing Kucherov and they're missing Braden Point. So we'll see if they can hang with the big dogs. Make sure you hit that follow or subscribe button on whatever podcast platform you're listening to us on. And subscribe to us on YouTube. Today's episode, uh, not live streamed on YouTube because of technical difficulties. But if you want to join us live, comment in the chat, get your name and your comment read live on the Lockdown Blues podcast. Make sure you Subscribe to us on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. You can follow us on all our social medias at Lockdown Blues on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And make sure you check out Locked On Bets if you're trying to get any advice on you know the bets you want to place on Bet Online. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Josh Hammond NHL. Follow Tommy at T Welcher15. Thanks so much, and as always, let's go Blues.